It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That is our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure to watch our show and subscribe to our show over on our Locked On Panthers YouTube channel. You can also listen to the podcast free and available wherever you listen to all your favorite podcasts. Just be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss a single edition of the show and be sure to follow me julian council on twitter at julian council where on fridays and by the way tomorrow's friday i answer your weekly friday mailbag questions right here on locked on panthers and free agency starts next week y'all so get those questions in by either adding me or dming me on twitter at Julian Council, this episode of Locked On Panthers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, the Carolina Panthers are gearing up for free agency next week on Monday. The legal tampering period begins, really the legal negotiating period, but we love the oxymoron of legal tampering period going on on Monday where the Carolina Panthers will first announce some big-time deals that won't be official until Wednesday, March 15th at 4 p.m. when the new league year starts in the NFL. And fingers crossed that the Carolina Panthers go out there and bring back Bradley Bozeman and also sign a new tight end on Monday, maybe before Monday, they bring back Bradley Bozeman. I forget whether he's able to sign a new deal or not, if it's already past the deadline. Either way, fingers crossed, they're able to get that done and bring in some new weapons for a potential rookie quarterback here in Carolina. But before they do that, the Carolina Panthers need to clear up some cap space because early Wednesday morning, they were still $3 million over the salary cap heading into next Wednesday, but they've cleared it up by going out there and restructuring the deal for franchise right tackle Taylor Moten for the second straight offseason. Last year, they did it after he signed a five-year, $85 million deal ahead of the 2021 season. was fantastic in 2021, was fantastic again in 2022, where honestly... Did you hear that much from Moten? No, that is a good thing. When you hear the offensive lineman's name a lot, that means they're not very good. Remember Pat Elfline, um, Matt Khalil, all of those turnstiles that we had the last couple of years at guard and at left tackle. Nowadays, we don't even think about them because the only time you really talk about an offensive lineman is if they are playing terribly. And that has not happened at any point in Taylor Moten's career, which is why he was handsomely rewarded prior to the 2021 season with that five-year $85 million deal. And he continues to get more money and to be able to secure his future here in Carolina longer 
by the second straight offseason, the Carolina Panthers going out there and restructuring his deal to open up cap space to add to this roster as new head coach Frank Reich is here with one of the better staffs in the National Football League and the hope that the Carolina Panthers can finally take control of the NFC South in 2023 and beyond. Now, Moten's cap hit for 2023 was set to be $24.5 million. One of the top three cap hits on this team, along with Shaq Thompson and DJ Moore. The Carolina Panthers went with a, a traditional restructure, according to OverTheCap.com, which is going to save them $11.1 million, now meaning that Terry Moten's cap hit in 2023 is $13.4 million. And with that $11.1 million, the Carolina Panthers are... Under the salary cap at approximately $8 million. His 2023 salary is already fully guaranteed anyway. So all they're really doing is giving themselves some cap space for this year and giving Taylor Moten more money that he rightfully deserves here in Carolina. So again, that should bring them about $8 million below the salary cap as they use the full 11.1 traditional restructure for Taylor Moten. Now, $8 million... That's not nearly enough to go out there and sign your draft class and do all the other moves Carolina Panthers want to do. So what are some other possible moves that we could see ahead of the new league year starting next season? Well, or next week. Extending Brian Burns is pretty obvious. It's $16 million cap hit right now for the 50-year option. They can save $11.9 million of that with a traditional restructure. DJ Moore is also one of the more logical ones. They just extended them last year. Why not go ahead, restructure your top wide receiver who has earned all that money? And with a better quarterback, and really a quarterback for the first time in his career, we can finally get to see just how good DJ Moore actually is. Will that come this year with a rookie? Maybe not, but down the road, that certainly is the case. And the hope here in Carolina, they can save $12.7 million by restructuring DJ Moore with the traditional restructure. That gets Carolina Panthers to about $32 million below the salary cap with three moves, which is awesome because there are three players that you want. You want Moten here as long as possible. You want Perns here for as long as possible. And you certainly want DJ Moore on your roster. You're not going out there and restructuring players that you don't really want around. Just open up some cap space. You're restructuring franchise cornerstones by doing that. So about $32 million when you add in potential extension for Brian Burns and a potential restructure for DJ Moore and already the restructure for Taylor Moten. So that's not just it. The Panthers can continue to open up more space. If you look at cutting Shaq Thompson, that's $13.1 million. So about $45 million we're looking at there. They cut Damian Wilson, another no-brainer, $3.6 million, about $49, $50 million there. And if you cut Pat Elfline, which I've said, I don't know if I necessarily want that or not, they can save $4.2 million. So about $53, $54 million cap space saved by restructuring Moten, extending Burns, restructuring DJ Moore, cutting Jack Thompson, cutting Damian Wilson, cutting Pat Elfline. That should be more than enough room for the Carolina Panthers to sign their draft class come draft time in May. Also, to find a veteran quarterback to be the bridge or backup this year, to sign Bradley Bozeman back to the team, sign Deontay Foreman to a team-friendly deal, if he'll agree to that, get a free agent tight end, a Hayden Hurst, a Dalton Schultz, a Mike Kosicki, get one of those guys here to Carolina, also get a veteran wide receiver, and then still have room left for in-season moves. The Panthers are not going to be in a bad cap situation, and it helps that only a couple of restructures, especially with guys that you want in Corbett and in Moten and potentially DJ Moore can get you right to that spot. And it'd be unfortunate to let Jack Thompson go, but looking at that cap space, it's possible that they could maybe allow him to go out there, test the market, 
and then bring him back. But Shaq did say on Twitter to a fan a couple weeks ago, would you take a pay cut at your job? So it begs the question whether Shaq Thompson would be willing to come back to Carolina if they do indeed decide to cut him and then try to re-sign him later if his market out there is not exactly where he wants to be in free agency. So that's where the Carolina Panthers are at. I think by making those moves, the ones that they've already made and the ones that I have out there suggested, the Carolina Panthers can be in a position to fill all those holes that they wanted this offseason, where they got to get that veteran quarterback. I want them to get a veteran tight end who can catch the football, draft one as well who can catch it, but focus on getting a veteran during free agency, add in another wide receiver. We'll see what they do at safety, at linebacker, but the massive needs that they have, like bringing back Bozeman, getting a veteran quarterback, adding a tight end, all of those can be made in this situation where the Carolina Panthers are able to open up 53, about $54 million in cap space heading into the new league year next Wednesday at 4 p.m. So because of this, it's part of the reason why I told y'all yesterday I'm not all in on the Carolina Panthers going out there and signing Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet where he's already been placed on a non-exclusive franchise tag, which means $32 million. And $32 million would also go into the salary cap this upcoming season. So right there, Panthers only have about $22 million if they make that move with Lamar if they do all the moves I just suggested. And also the contract, the two first-round picks, this is part of the reason why I haven't really been all that gung-ho about the move monetarily. Now, the player, yes, on board with that. Does he fit Frank Reich's system? Ellis Williams of the Charlotte Observer had a good article on Wednesday kind of saying that mm, not really, even though he's a great player. So there's plenty of things to like about Lamar and also question about Lamar potentially coming to Carolina. But to me, it all comes down to the contract. And I'll talk about that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before I do that, again, y'all, FanDuel, our official sports betting partner right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. They are so amazing. March Madness is coming up here shortly, so you guys are going to want to get in on all those bets, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers, that could be you, get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe secure and super easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout a same game parlay so don't miss the chance get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. I haven't had a lot of you guys tweet at me, and I don't read the YouTube comments. I really don't know um, what people's reaction was to yesterday's show about me saying that the Panthers not being interested in Lamar Jackson was the right move for the franchise. I just, I I don't have a problem with Lamar, the player. He's awesome. It's just what it's going to cost to bring him here to Carolina by giving up your first round picks this year. 
and next year, then the contract demands that potentially he wants. It's a lot. And when you think about bringing back Bozeman and wanting to bring back Brian Burns, at least extend Brian Burns and all the other moves that you would want to make, it's hard to have Lamar and get your pass catching tight end, which he's going to need when you look at the system he played in with Greg Roman as his offense coordinator there in Baltimore, Mark Andrews and his reliance on him. And it's not like he had a great wide receivers in Baltimore anyways, but still there's just so much Panthers I think still need to do. And it can be hindered by getting Lamar. Now, if you have the quarterback, Everything else around him, it matters. We know that because with Cam, the Panthers never put enough around Cam for them to consistently be to where they wanted to be as a Super Bowl contender. And it's still incredible to me. The players that Cam Newton was able to drag on an offense to a 15-1 regular season and a Super Bowl 50 loss to the Denver Broncos. We don't need to do that here in Carolina. Finally, with Scott Fitterer, you can see them actually attempting to put an offense around the quarterback. Now, the quarterback's haven't been good in some of these offensive pieces like Terrace Marshall. Well, not not really Terrace, but he hasn't emerged yet. But really, Robbie Anderson didn't really pan out outside of that one season. That running back, they've been totally fine. Whether McCaffrey's been healthy or he's been gone. When Mike Davis stepped in, Chuba Hubbard's had his moments. Deontay Foreman was excellent in his duty last year in the final 12 games of the season once they got rid of McCaffrey. Like, things were last 11 games after they got rid of McCaffrey. But either way, you know, they are finally, they being Scott Fitter in the organization, are finally seeing that you got to put something around the quarterback. And Scott Peters got there and said that he doesn't feel like they need to have that A1 guy. They don't need to have that elite quarterback in order to compete for a Super Bowl. Um, in the NFC, that's probably true. It's just when you get there to Super Bowl against uh, in the Super Bowl and you face you know Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow, maybe Josh Allen one day, uh, Deshaun Watson maybe with the Browns, if he can perform a miracle, Justin Herbert, you're going to need that guy. And Jalen Hurts was definitely up to the challenge in that game uh, against the Chiefs back in the Super Bowl a couple weeks ago. The Panthers, I think, would rather have that guy, but they have someone who's just good enough and they can build around him, then things are good, which is part of the reason why I don't think the Carolina Panthers are all that interested in Lamar Jackson. It comes down to the money, y'all. 2023 first-round pick, okay, whatever, you got Lamar Jackson. 2024, okay, you know, whatever, you got Lamar Jackson. But what are you missing out on by bringing in Lamar Jackson? And think back to last year when Deshaun Watson went out there and signed that five-year, $230 million fully guaranteed contract with Cleveland. He wanted the same thing in Atlanta and in Carolina and New Orleans. And the Panthers, David Tepper, the owner here, decided, you know what? We're good. I'm not trying to give you guarantees for your third, fourth year because I don't know what's going on legally with you. Yeah, we're doing our due diligence, but I don't really know what else is out there and whether there's going to be more problems and how long your suspension is going to be, if there was going to be a suspension at all. I'm not quite trying to sign up for all that. The talent, yes. But the other issues and all of that junk, I'm good. So he decided not to give him that money. Also, fast forward and even backtrack a little bit to earlier this week with Derek Carr, they weren't trying to give him $35 million a year. He ended up getting, what, 37.5 in New Orleans, and it's really a two-year deal for the Saints who can get out of it after 2024, which is, hey, good for them, whatever. Um, but still, for me, yeah, I also wouldn't want to give Derek Carr that, but that's just what the salary demanded. So they didn't want to meet the salary demands for Deshaun Watson, which is something the entire NFL ownership group hates because they don't want to give out fully guaranteed contracts of that magnitude. Now, Kirk Cousins has gotten that, but not nearly to the amount that Deshaun Watson got from Cleveland. And the owners are clearly upset by that. And you have to wonder if Lamar Jackson now, if he does truly want a fully guaranteed contract, is going to be 
kind of the victim um, in all of this because he's not allowed to get that because the owners are deciding to collude together and say, no, we're good there. And the NFLPA has already come out and talked about how they feel the owners are going to try to you know, fight back and not allow these kind of contracts. And personally, I think every contract should be fully guaranteed, especially when you're putting your body on the line. Just the money is probably going to be a little bit lower with the salary cap. No idea how it works out. Lamar, whoever's out there, go get your money while you can. I'm with the millionaires, not with the billionaires. But as far as it pertains to this and the Panthers' unwillingness to bring Lamar, I think it's because the billionaire does not want to give that kind of money to really any quarterback who is just coming to Carolina. It's pretty clear to me that they just want a homegrown guy. And when you look at the last couple of moves that they made in the offseason, like had they tr- or they tried to make or actually made, had they completed the trade for Matthew Stafford, they weren't going to have to pay Stafford a ton of money that first year in 2021. You know, he went to the Rams and he won the Super Bowl, and then they gave him a big deal and immediately hurt his elbow. And yet the wonder, the Rams who are getting a lot of, rid of a lot of players or having them on the trading block, they're probably regretting that move. It worked out. They got a Super Bowl, and they traded a ton to get Stafford. So, of course, you pay him. But now it's like, mm, damn, really wish we had that cap space when we weren't tied to this massive albatross quarterback deal with Matthew Stafford, who we don't know what his long-term health is. Carolina, had they brought Stafford here to in 2021, they weren't going to have to pay him until after the season. And in, in the same light with Darnold, yes, they decided to exercise the 50-year option without even seeing him play. But again, when you break it down, $22 million dollars. Over two years, 11 per year. Now, yes, it was four in 2021 and then 18, nearly $19 million this past fall. It was more of a bargain deal when you see how much a quarterback actually costs, even one of Derek Carr's caliber. And look at what Daniel Jones just got on Tuesday up in New York with the Giants. It's pricey, y'all, to bring in a quarterback, especially when you don't have another wide receiver you can depend on. You're not necessarily sure what your running back situation is going to be. You don't have a tight end that's even a threat in the pass game. You need maybe a new safety, probably a new linebacker to get rid of Shaq, and certainly another corner, and something else on the defensive line. Like, there's still holes on this roster. It's not just plug and play and we're ready to go here. And it's never that simple because this is a salary cap league. But the last couple years, they haven't had to worry about a big contract coming into this roster. It's clear to me that their preference is that they want a rookie on that wage scale. They want to build around him. And then if he turns out to be the right pick and the right guy and to go out there and win games and be the franchise, they will have no problem rewarding him. It will probably come at a cost to some of the players who help the quarterback get to the position where he can get paid. But the Panthers would have four, maybe five years figured out. Now, really three years because you want to find out after that third year and that's when we've seen guys like Patrick Mahomes like Josh Allen we're thinking Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow this offseason after that third year that's when they're deciding to give them that money where that's when you would exercise fifth year option or you'd give them the big time bonus or extension rather you have about three years with Lamar you don't get that period of time to figure it out you already have your guy of course but then you don't have everything else around them. You want to have everything around. You want to get the guy who's young, be able to build around him, and then figure out who's going to come along for the ride once you finally do pay that player that kind of money. That's why I think the Carolina Panthers aren't all that interested right now in bringing Lamar Jackson to Carolina. It's not really the draft pick. It's just the financials around it. And for that, I don't really blame them. All right, take a quick pause here on the show, and I'll come back and wrap things up here on Locked on Panthers. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, guys, that's going to be it for the show today. Uh, did not have a ton to really say to you. I was trying to get uh, Joe Person on the show, but maybe we'll get him on next week. But either way, I'm headed out to the desert, going to be working the race out there in Phoenix. So kind of go, got to go pack and do some other things and didn't really have much else to say about the Panthers. I did want to talk about the restructures, want to get in that last tidbit about Lamar. But outside of that, that's kind of all I got for you anyways for the show. But tomorrow... Weekly Friday mailbag. So again, at me, DM me on Twitter. Get those questions in here on the show, and I'll answer all of your questions as long as, of course, they're good questions. Let's ask good questions. If you don't ask a good question, your question's probably not going to answer, but I'll always try to answer it at least on Twitter. So at me, DM me on Twitter, at Julian Council. Follow me, of course. And again, y'all watch the show. Subscribe to the show over on our Lockdown Panthers YouTube channel. And you can check out the podcast, free and available wherever you listen to all your favorite podcasts, including this one, I would imagine. Either at me or DM me on Twitter at Julian Council. In the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding. And I'll talk to you all tomorrow for yet another edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked On Panthers. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.